0: comment and share. All right, all right, all right, folks. It's V. The Gorilla Comics coming to you live on this edition of Hanging with Harley. We have with us Harley Schlanger. He is back, and he's feeling much better. And he is from the frigid tundras of Europe, broadcasting live. Harley Schlanger, how are you?
1: I'm doing fine. Better than Schultz and Macron.
0: <laughs> and, folks, you can find Harley over at laroucheorganization.com, the LaRouche organization.com as well as the schiller institute.com schiller institute.com with that being said Harley lots of things happening in Europe energy crisis set to explode but as we were saying before we went live we have the Russian oil price caps which should fix everything for the Europeans after all Europe will dictate how much Russia can sell its oil for
1: <laughs> well I I think they believe that but it it's What it means is that Europe's going to get none of Russia's oil or gas.
0: That's exactly what it means. They're just
1: cutting themselves off from the one supplier they need. The Germans are totally ecstatic that in four years, they might be able to get liquefied natural gas from Qatar and from the United States at about three times the price they would pay for it from Russia. Oh,
0: beautiful.
1: You know, the question is, why don't they put a cap on US LNG? because that's what's really sticking it to them right now. Correct. So since the Nord Stream pipelines have been blown up, they could probably be fixed. They probably could uh, bring more uh, natural gas to Europe, but there doesn't seem to be an impetus for it. Uh, What there is an impetus for is blatant hypocrisy. I don't know, you probably saw what Macron said where he said, well, Putin has legitimate security concerns with NATO moving to their doorstep, and we have to take that into consideration. Did he just discover that when he was meeting with Biden? Did Biden <laughs> tell him that? I mean, Macron was in a position from the time he was president of France to do something about the Minsk protocols. Right. He did nothing, nothing. And so the Ukrainian military continued to kill their own citizens. You know, one thing people don't get is they're not killing Russian citizens. They're killing Ukrainian citizens in the Donbass with the shelling. That is the Ukrainian army is. Uh, and many of them are ethnic Russians, but they're Ukrainians. So they're killing their own citizens. And when Putin said, stop it, people said, oh, you know, Russia using this as an excuse. No, he was genuinely trying to stop the murder of people who were Ukrainian citizens. And so this is where you see Macron and the others who are now saying, well, yeah, maybe Putin had a a point there. Macron and the French knew this when they negotiated the Minsk Accord. Or did they? Scott Ritter's raised an interesting point. It's clear now Poroshenko, who was the Ukrainian president who negotiated the Minsk Accords, which said no more shelling, no more oppression. They would allow limited autonomy, regional autonomy in the eastern Ukraine. Poroshenko said they only did that to buy time to train Ukrainian troops. Now, the question is, did the Germans and the French, who were the overseers of the Minsk process, as Scott Ritter is asking, did they also know that this was just a time-buying measure to build up for the war? If that's the case, then it absolutely proves that Putin's reaction was not unprovoked, but was provoked by that. If it's not the case, then why have they did they dishonestly refuse to negotiate with Putin last December when he did a last-ditch attempt? to get the West to recognize the legitimate security concerns he had uh, from the threat of NATO. So all it does, McCroll is doing his typical trying to play it both ways, and all it does is is show what a dishrag he is.
0: How is the pressure right now building on the European economy? They're literally overheating. They're literally falling apart. How are average Europeans... Are they are they fed up with the regime, the cabal that is in charge from Brussels?
1: Well, I think there's a, a growing sense of disconnect with Brussels. I mean, there was always a disconnect because the Brussels bureaucrats of the European Union and the European Commission, people like Joseph Burrell, Ursula von der Leyen, with the emphasis on Lyon, Um they they were never really viewed as leaders of Europe. They're, they're completely artificial. But their policies were not necessarily damaging to the individual citizen until the last year. Now it's the European Union and NATO with the U.S. and especially the United Kingdom behind them using this war situation to impose energy austerity and and saying this is something that's great because it's forcing a transition. A transition to what? To poverty, to deindustrialization, to loss of electrical power. That's what this transition is. You know, I haven't seen the sun in two weeks in Germany. Now, it's not that windy either. The Germans are burning up the surplus of natural gas and uh, oil that they purchased before the window was shut. Today, the seaborne gas and and oil going to Europe was cut. It's no longer allowed to be shipped. And then also today, the $60 per barrel price cap on Russian oil was was carried out, at least for the European countries. All that means is they're not going to get any Russian oil. The, The Russians are happy to sell that to almost anyone else including Hungary, because Hungary got an exemption from the EU because they wouldn't vote for the the uh, uh, price cap. So now if a European country wants Russian oil, they're going to have to pay a lot more for it than $60 to get it from Hungary. So you know, it just shows the complete idiocy and hypocrisy. Now on the question, do people recognize it yet? You know, I I was at an event yesterday in an unheated auditorium, and people were starting to grumble about how cold it was. And, you know, one person made a joke, well, Putin's the one doing this to us. And one person said, no, it's our own stupid green party that's doing it. People didn't talk like that before in Germany. Maybe they're beginning to find their voice.
0: That and that's a very good thing. Um,
1: well, actually, V. The other thing: hmm. the German military, retired military people like General Vod, uh, there, there are several others um, who are openly speaking out now about what a lie it is to say that NATO and Ukraine are winning the war. The French military are extremely outspoken. Again, through retired. Uh, officers, generals, uh, many of them associated with the old movement of Charles de Gaulle. Same thing in Italy, Tricarico, the former head of Italian troops in NATO, has been extremely outspoken. And I I know someone who spoke to him and, and said, are you just speaking on your own? And he said, no, we're speaking for the current military brass in Italy, but they can't say this because they'll be fired. So you have these retired officers who are saying the same kind of things that Scott Ritter and and Colonel McGregor and Colonel Danny Davis are saying in the U.S. Again, retired officials, but speaking openly about the lies about the great success of the Ukrainian army. And, you know, hopefully someone will talk to the Ukrainians and tell them to reverse their decision to fight to the last Ukrainian Because they're not doing it for their own country. They're doing it for NATO. And Yermak, the presidential advisor to Zelensky, gave a speech the other day in front of Victoria Nuland at a NATO meeting where he said, we will never negotiate with Russia. They are beasts. Putin is a Siamese twin of Hitler. And we can never talk to them and no one should ever talk to them. So it's the same racialist view that sees Russians as subhumans that the Nazis had when they invaded Russia. And as Scott Ritter pointed out, how did that work out for Germany? Not all that well.
0: Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Harley, what do you see transpiring in the next few months as reality starts gripping its cold hands around the bureaucrats that live in this ivory tower that is in Brussels. What do you think is the next move for the EU as their green new agenda is literally being fallen apart and crushed right in front of their faces?
1: Well, I'm sure the ivory towers are going to be well heated. And there was just a story the other day in their Spiegel about how, as they were talking about hunger in Ukraine, they were dining on imported Kobe beef from Japan at their NATO summit, the NATO foreign ministers summit in Bucharest. So look, they're, they're detached from reality. Besides just being ignorant and hypocritical, they have no conception of what they're doing to the populations of Europe. There's unrest in France. There's unrest in Germany. There's tremendous unrest developing in Italy. People in Italy are starting to say, look, is Maloney with us or is she with the EU, the, the, the new prime minister? So we're, we're seeing a, a shift underway. We're also seeing people in Europe looking at the Hungarian leader, Viktor Orban, saying, well, why is he standing up against the EU bureaucrats and we can't? Yeah. Then you have the other, the real basket case, the United Kingdom where Sunak just did his, his mandatory visit to Kiev, where he kneeled at the altar of, of uh, Zelensky, uh, and his, his retired military officials are saying things such as the former uh, commander of British troops in NATO said, look, we're at war with Russia. It's time that the British people lived under wartime conditions And if they have to sacrifice in their standard of living, so be it, because we're at war. Now, I don't think that goes very well with most Englishmen, maybe people who see themselves as the adherents to the city of London, and who depend on the city of London for a living. But most people in the United Kingdom are extremely unhappy. The Tories are at about 10% popularity right now. Uh, But because of the victory they had with uh, Boris Johnson a couple of years ago, they're in office for another two years. And and the people in the United Kingdom, I'm certain, are going to be increasingly unhappy. And they no longer have the illusion that Queen Elizabeth is there to care for them. They know that King Charles doesn't give a damn for them. He's more concerned with his azaleas and, and his pansies than he is with the people of the United Kingdom.
0: Harley, real quick, a very pertinent question into everything being discussed here is that how much confidence, Harley, do you have in Kevin McCarthy, in the neocons to end the funding of this madness in Ukraine, Harley? Uh, Another proposed massive spending bill is waiting for them. The Pentagon has put out warnings that if this bill is not passed, it's going to undermine every effort with the the Ukraine efforts, with the new stealth bomber Harley, what say you?
1: Well, having confidence in Kevin McCarthy to do the right thing would be quite misplaced, uh, to to put it mildly. Look, to the extent you have both parties dependent on funds from various corporate cartels, whether it's Lockheed Martin, whether it's uh, uh, the aerospace sector, wherever their money is coming from, or the banks or big pharma, they're going to go where the money is. And the fact that the military is now putting out these warnings, you know, the Financial Times of all places said that 30 of the 40 NATO, I'm sorry, 20 of the 30 NATO members no longer have surplus military equipment to send to Ukraine. And of the other 10 countries, most of them are not giving much, like France or Germany or Italy. So it's falling on the United States and the United Kingdom to provide the majority of weapons to Ukraine. Now we have an interesting report. President Buhari of Nigeria said that weapons that have gone through Ukraine from the United States are showing up in the hands of Boko Haram, the Islamic terrorist group in Nigeria. Very similar to weapons that were provided in Libya to overthrow Gaddafi ended up in the hands of Syrian terrorists trying to overthrow Assad. So, you know, when the Pentagon is complaining, they ought to look at the fact that they're a leaky ship, that no one knows where these weapons are going or the money. And any effort to try and get on top of that, such as Senator Rand Paul's uh, attempt to put an amendment on the spending bill, was shot down. So, will McCarthy show some spine? I doubt it. There are a few people. Paul Gosar is one, maybe uh, Getz from Florida, maybe a couple of others. But on the whole, the Republican Party and the Democratic Party are totally on board with this war. And there's a reason for it, which is that the Congress is controlled from the top by these corporate financial interests. Now, the question is, Will the American people demonstrate the willingness to overturn the whole apple cart? And by that, look, we're starting to see vigils for peace, people getting together outside of churches, outside of uh, public meetings, at congressional meetings. My young associates from the LaRouche movement are denouncing the so-called progressive Democrats as a bunch of hypocrites. Mm. They talk about peace and then they vote with Biden for more weapons. If we can uh, uh, stimulate a movement of Americans that will be more powerful than the money that's coming from the, the cartels, and that's the big if, because most Americans still feel comfortable enough. Uh, Certainly the the U.S. has been hit by inflation and gas prices and a certain other things, but the the shortages have not really been that extreme. But if it does get to that point, or for example, if more farmers are driven off the land with the land being bought up by the Bill Gates's and the, the Cargill's and the Black Rocks, the way they're buying up land in Ukraine, then we may see food shortages at uh, an extreme level in the United States. Then maybe people will get out to say something. But what's necessary is to make the Congress more afraid of their voters than they are of their contributors. And until that happens, people like McCarthy are going to continue being the same kinds of, of whores that we saw from Paul Ryan, from uh, Mitch McConnell, and from the so-called progressive squad, which buckled as soon as someone said, why are you opposing the arms uh, shipments? And then they said, oh, we're not. We were. It was overstated. It was a mistake to put out the letter.
0: Yeah, unbelievable. Harley, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing this information with us. And we look forward to next week as you break down and update us further on what's going on in Europe and throughout the world. Uh, any last thing? you want to let say? Me just say let me just that. say
1: one other thing which people sure. should know about. The same people who were responsible for the Summit for Democracy in December 2021 are planning one for the end of March 2023. And they put out a statement which said, what are the five pillars of democracy? Every single one of them are violated by the Ukrainian government, like press freedom, freedom of political. Yeah, every single one of them are violated. Now they're coming together to reassert these five pillars. It should be called the summit of hypocrisy, but that's not a strong enough word. Maybe summit of satanic hypocrisy would be more fitting.
0: Very well said. Very well said. Carly, thank you so much. And again, folks, you can find them over at laroucheorganization.com, the laroucheorganization.com, and schillerinstitute.com, schillerinstitute.com. The links will be in the description box. And with that being said, CJ, take it away.